Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin, and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Charles, thanks for taking this review. What is it that I need to improve? Work. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Yeah! Go! Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us for the unashamedly biased and entertaining podcast all about Northampton Town Football Club. My name is Charles, and I'm joined by my friends Danny and Neil. Welcome, gang. Hi, Charles. Friends? Well, loosely. Every week, we discuss the fortunes of the Cobblers by giving our honest opinion on the most recent game and look ahead to what comes next. And as you know, after Scunthorpe thrashed us 3-0 on Saturday, there's been an awful lot of talk on social media where basically fans have been saying, Keith Curl out, and some fans have been saying, Keith Curl in. So, we ran a poll, (laughs) and it came out as being basically 50-50. The poll was, sack Keith Curl, 50% of the voters said, yes to that one. The two other options were give him five more days or give him till the end of the season. So the way that I'm interpreting that result is essentially that half of the people that voted want him sacked and half of the people that voted don't. Um, That makes this even more a contentious discussion than Brexit. But we're going to try. And first up, I'm going to let Neil have his weekly rant about the cobblers. (laughs) Off you go, Neil. I'm ranted out. It's beaten me. This defeat to Scunthorpe has beaten me. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) (laughs) It was so demoralising, wasn't it? We we were pretty much 3-0 down before we'd woken up, weren't we? Yeah. It's even then debatable whether we actually woke up or not. It was ridiculous. Some of them are probably still asleep. It's constant crap, isn't it? 
tell it like it is, Neil. You know, don't hold back. I will. I will, Charles. And we had those. What did we have? We had a good performance against Plymouth. Uh, who else did we have a good performance again? Newport. Against? Newport. Newport. So we had two good performances out of what thirteen. Yes, I believe so. It's thirteen now, isn't it? Plus, uh, plus league com- uh, league cup and auto windscreen shield bonanzas. The, the good, the good bonanzas. <laughs> the good performances are the anomalies, aren't they? They're the. That's the concern. It should really be the other way around, shouldn't it? Every team's mm. going to have a good game once in a while here or there. Yeah, it started to look alright, didn't it? We went on that amazing run of four games unbeaten. But, what a run. But what a run. When you look back on it now, one of those involves a two-all draw when we were 2-0 up against the bottom team. <laughs> um, another one's a two-all draw at home to Crawley. Um, another one's a 1-0 win at Stevenage, who are not pulling up too many trees. And uh, the, other, the only other one was Newport, wasn't it? And that was decent. Um, and I'm worried, um, disenchanted. I'm... On the brink, Charles. We're all on the brink. I feel, on the brink. I feel like I should put the number for Samaritans in in here, or the uh, the mind campaign. You're, you're rather worrying me, Danny. It's just crap, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good, and it's not been good enough. Now we've had 13 games. I think that's long enough to start to see where we're going. What and can you say about it? Well, well should we talk about this game or not? I don't even know whether we should. It's just, it was ridiculous. We were completely gone, weren't we? Can I first hang my flag on the mast, please? Hang it. Hang that flag. Yeah. I'm, Go for it, my, my flag is going up and I'm I'm calling for Keith Curl to be relieved of his duties. ASAP. Okay, right. That's all um, I want to say. Okay, well, well, I'm going to have to ask you why. You know, state state your reasons. I, I appreciate you could probably just turn around and say, well, I've already said it, but, you know. I have over the past few weeks. Um, Danny made a good point. You know, we're 13 games into the season now. That's quarter of the season, pretty much, give or take, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, don't forget, we can still lose a fair few more till we reach the 15 defeats mark that we're allowed to... So this this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be one of my other points. Um, the defeatist attitude and his approach to games is to try and nullify the opposition or to try and stop the opposition, as opposed to taking the game to the opposition and and being the best we can be, which is dull and boring for starters. Uh, the defeatist attitude, like you said, Danny. You know, I can't. I don't know whether it was him or someone else in the club that said it, but you know, you can you, you can still lose about fifteen games in a season in this league and get promoted. Great, that's going to be fun, then, isn't it? Um, mm. I, I also thought it was quite telling after we we lost three 0 on Saturday, didn't we, to to Scunthorpe? And he and he said in in his post match interview, he said, "Well, at three 0 the game's over." It's not. It's not mm. game over yeah. at three 0 There was thirty one minutes gone, or however many minutes it was. It wasn't. There was still a bit of the first half left, and the whole of the second half. It's not over when it's three 0 We should know that more than most. Remember mm-hmm. when Hereford we we were three 0 mm-hmm. up against them? They beat us four three. Yeah, yeah. Leon McKenzie at that's Gunthorp. We started. We'd start talking yeah. about last week, weren't they? When we were four one down and drew four four. You got. You got to have some sort of thing about you inside you to say actually, you know, let, how do we get back into this game? How do we? work our way back and take half time and review and see what we can do to change it. And nothing seems to change second half, apart from we played a little bit better with 10 men, if anything. It's just defeatist, isn't it? It's like, you know, like all these teams, 
you know, and, and we've said it before, haven't we? It's League Two. It's not. This isn't the Champions League, and the, the teams at this level are. It's a pretty poor league, and it's it's one of the poorer leagues. Although we do seem to say this every year, but it's a pretty poor league, and there's no real great teams in there that we've seen yet, and. We set ourselves up to to worry about the opposition and to panic about what they're going to do and ultimately to try and stop them scoring, which we're incapable of doing. And I, I just think his approach, someone's cat's dying and I like it. I feel like it's a great <laughs> metaphor. Oh, that's mine. I feel like it's a perfect metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris Freestone and it's all cobblers to me. Right, the cat's gone. Boom. Um, so, so now, now, now the cat's gone. The, just in response to what you've just said there, Neil, the league is a poor one. There seems to be no standout sides. Hasn't really been for the last well few seasons that we've really been in it. I mean, you know, you could argue yes, Lincoln, you know, flew away with it last season, but they were never. I didn't think they were spectacular. Yes, we didn't. I don't think we beat them, did we, last season? But we gave them games. Um, they were they were functional, weren't they? Yeah, they they, they were very good at what they did. Um, but I wouldn't say they were spectacular to watch. Are we really? Should we really be expecting us to be that team? No, I don't. I think that's probably based on the squad. I think that's an over expectation. But I think we should definitely be expecting. Our, our team to be in the top seven. I, I think there's to, to to be the the standout top team. I, I don't think the squad is quite good enough for that, um, personally. But then you know you, you don't know that either because at the moment the mentality they've got in which is instilled from Keith Curl is this defensive and and sort of negative approach a little bit. And I mean, look at the amount of goals we score. It, it's compared to the rest of the league. I think you know we. We're very low down on the goal scoring charts. I think there's only a couple of teams. I think there's two teams that have scored less than us, maybe three at most. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not scoring many goals. Granted, we're not shipping in a shed load of goals or anything, but it's just this mundaneness and, you know, uh, with the squad we've got, maybe with a, a, a proactive, you know, attacking manager. Who's to say that we couldn't be that team? I don't know. It's difficult to say. But based on how they've performed so far, no, I, I think top seven is where we should be. And he said himself, didn't he, at the start of the season, he wanted a promotion on his CV. Um, He's so, never going to get one. And it, I just don't see the evidence of it on the pitch at all. Like, where's his sort of? Where is he on the touchline, like, like pushing them forward or trying to GM up or like really that desperation of that he's got to have a pro- promotion on his CV? I mean, we're as fans, we're desperate to have a promotion as well. We we want to do it. Well, not, not on our CV, but I don't know if you put it on yours, but I, I put it on mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every every time I'm pitching for a new new job, yeah. <laughs> see, where where is that coming from? Like, I don't I don't see it in him in his interviews or in his in his outlook on it. Where where that desperation is to get that promotion, it, it just seems to be. Oh, there's another game gone. The players have done this. The players have done that. There's nothing to see like what he's going to do to change it. I think I think he's clueless. Here's here's where I want to what I want to ask. So, based on what you're saying, that you know Keith Curl obviously came out. We know we 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 were there. Me and well, me and Neil were when Keith said about is wanting a promotion on his CV. Um, 
He said, he said he wanted to manage in the Premier League. Well, yeah, he did. But is ridiculous. Is our, so do I, Keith. Is our apathy as fans, and I'm, I, I mean, well, half of the fan base at least, is it caused by the the PR that the club themselves put out? I mean, when I know, I remember when we spoke to Kelvin Thomas once, Neil, that he said that maybe they got it wrong and they should have made more of the time that we stayed up in League One that first se- season. Maybe they should, have, the club should have actually been more like this was a great achievement rather than you know what they did, which was more or less just sort of go well that was to be expected and now we push on. Um, this time around, you know, talking about pre- the, last season as well. Last season, during pre-season, what, we had Leon Barnett, we had Dean Austin, we had all these people coming out and basically saying, we're going to walk the league and we're going to win it at a canter. That's what we're going to do. This season, you didn't really have that, but you have had Curl saying he wants a promotion. Now, the fact that, that, that sentence might just simply, you know, I, I can turn around or you can turn around, Neil and Danny, say, say, I'd like a promotion at work or I'd like to be able to show that I've done something good at work. But in football, if your manager says that, then what it's saying to the fans is that's what we're aiming for and that's what we should be doing. And then 13 games in and you're 18th in the, in, in the division – it's quite clear that 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 is now gone. Deserve it, yeah, so as well. But it's quite clear that 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 target, that aspiration, is pretty much pie in the sky. So, how much is it down to the club's PR, and how much is it down to me? You know, how much is it down to the club's PR that we've maybe got an over expectation as a fan base? Is it down to the club? Is is it the club's fault? No. No, I don't think so. I think, in fact, if anything, I think the the club is guilty of. Uh, I say the club; it's probably unfair, but I think it's. I think that some elements of the club are guilty of not realizing what a great club this is, perhaps. And maybe that maybe that's probably unfair because I think they do realize that. But okay, maybe maybe what I mean is just having a bit of that mentality of little old Northampton rather than. This is what we could be. This is this is how big we could be and stuff, and realizing the potential. and And it links back to the the East End nonsense, doesn't it? About you know all that sort of stuff. And I don't really want to get into that because we're discussing Keith Curl. But I just think there's I, I don't I don't see that the club have said it too much to to kind of over egg expectations. I mean, what are they supposed to say as well? Egg 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 egg. I'm Nicky Adams, and it's all cobblers to me. So I was talking to a. A friend of mine who's a South End fan, and obviously they don't have a manager at the moment. Um, and he was wondering whether their chairman at South End, I, I think his first name's Ron, but I might be wrong with that. Ron note, rings a bell. Uh, I'm not completely sure of that, but they were wondering what he's been at the club an awful lot. Ron Martin, awful long time. Ron Martin, thank you, thank you, Neil. So he's been at the club an awful long, 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 long time. And the conversation that me and my friend were having was as to whether he's maybe burned some bridges with agents and 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 with previous managers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that actually he can no longer attract the type of players that the club need to be able to survive in League One this season. 
um, and to compete in at the level that they have been competing at for the, for the last few years. Um, the discussion then sort of went on to Kelvin Thomas and whether, you know, he, he's unfortunately for us never made a management decision that has actually or management appointment that has been successful. And I'm I'm including Keith Curl in that at the moment because right now I don't think you can say he's been a success. Um, well, he kept us up last year. Yeah, but overall, you know, he's not pushed us on any further, I wouldn't say. That's my where I'm at at the moment. No, I agree. I agree totally. He, he, he did his job last yeah. year, but so, he failed this year. Is there an element of actually maybe we as a club can't attract the right player slash manager slash coach? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think that's the case at all. I think there's very little sentiment in the game of football. Players will play anywhere if they can get a contract. Well, right well you, you say this, but I think the point that my friend was making about Southend was actually that agents won't do business with their chair with their chairman, you know, because of the business side of things. So something's happened in regards to, I don't know, a payment or something like that. You know, some sort of business has gone awry somewhere, and that, that's all allegedly, by the way. I don't know that for fact, but um, that was the conversation well, they- we were having. Now, I'm not suggesting either that that we've done anything like that, but no, I, I, I mean they've had quite a few. There's quite often every every so every few months there's a story that crops up, isn't it? They haven't paid their yeah. tax bill or something or other down at South End. So there's obviously there's obviously some interesting ways of running their I don't know their hmm. their business I guess the business side of things and stuff that's their choice so maybe that does have an impact but I don't think that could be legislated towards towards cobblers I mean even more so to that point I guess look at when David Cardoza was in charge and you know we, we were still attracting players and managing like Chris Wilder and stuff weren't we and all that sort of thing um so I don't know I don't, I don't see that as an issue for us um I wonder whether, and I know chairman shouldn't really, or, or the board shouldn't really get involved in, in football matters, but I wonder whether, and because Kelvin Thomas has always been very keen and clear on saying is that he doesn't get involved and he lets the manager do what he wants and stuff. Maybe that's part of the problem. Or you think that because he maybe leaves Keith alone to just get on with it, or Rob Page or Jimmy Floyd, whoever, Dean Austin, then... Um, that's the issue. Is it? He's not providing the well, I don't guidance. Know. I don't is that know. kind of what you mean? Like, like your boss, I presume, gives you guidance every now and again when he feels he needs to. Yeah, like you know, I'm, if I'm recruiting and I'm thinking of taking this person on, no, what are you doing, you idiot? You can't take that person on. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking this, the this, reasons this, why that that would happen in your workplace, Neil. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, Jamie, it, 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 it wouldn't, and, and that wouldn't, it wouldn't be like that. But you know what I mean? Like you'd, you'd get advice and, and steering from from your, your direct report. And I know football's a completely different kettle of fish. And, oh, well, and, kettle? And Come on. It's not We've just had him. <laughs> Trevor Kettle, yeah. Trevor Kettle or fish. But I, I don't know. I, I, and, and I'm just trying to work out why it's not worked for the last four years. There's got to be a underlying reason, hasn't there? There's got to be something there. And I don't... It just doesn't make sense because I don't know. It's just... There doesn't seem to be any urgency. I don't... I don't feel like there's any urgency from the team, from Keith Curl, really. And 
uh, I think on Saturday against Scunthorpe, I think didn't Charlie Good go over to the away fans and he was saying it will come good, don't worry. I mean, that's sort of very, very well and easy to say, isn't it? And I, I love Charlie. I don't know. I just think there's obviously something wrong somewhere. And I, I, it's difficult to put my finger on. I don't like, and, and uh, the argument people have, don't they? For, for uh, I, I genuinely, I, I'm struggling to see why anyone would have an argument for keeping Keith Curl at the moment. I can't understand that, and I know we'll probably come on to that. Higher, <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll discuss it now. I don't know, but I, I, I struggle to see any valid argument for it. And well, here's here's, yeah, here's my valid argument for it. It's not valid, Charles. Yeah. Sure. All right, fine. Cheers for that. <laughs> my my <laughs> argument is, and I must say that that I am, I was exactly the same as you after the full time whistle went on Saturday. I was pretty much. I, I turned. Uh, I even wrote it on Twitter saying, "That's it. Um, I'm done." Having having sort of maybe a couple of days to just. Uh, I'm not even going to say reflect on it. I've not reflected on it. I've just calmed down over the last couple of days. Um, I still think the result and the performance by the sounds of it um, was terrible and is not good enough. So I'm not trying to suggest anything like that is acceptable. However, we've we've proved over the last three years that, that sacking managers just hasn't worked for us. And I know that this is the same argument that I've used, and I've seen the same argument being put down uh, on social media over the. the, Well, you know, but it's an argument, so I'm going to use it and I'm going to have it. Um, You know, it's not worked. So let's give somebody a chance. And it might as well be Keith Curl. He's only got a contract till the end of the season. But that's the point. So almost what we're saying is, right, well, this site, this season's a bit of a write-off. Look, we know he's not going to take us anywhere this season. I, I, I'm happy to hopefully be proved wrong on that, but I, he's not. He's not going to take us anywhere this season. It's going to be a, a mid-table season at best. Um, so we're basically what we're saying. Well, he's got a contract until the end of this season. Let's just bumble through this season. We've got no identity as a team at the moment. There's no clear sort of this is this is our identity this is what we do and stuff surely now's the time to right it's not worked with Keith Curley done an okay job last year he kept us up and then after that it was very tinker fantastic wasn't it in for the rest of the season and that's carried on this year it's his own players it's his own team the best players this year are players that were actually here last year so uh, most of his sign-ins have proven to be so far anyway not not particularly great um, bar a couple maybe now's the time surely to to think right okay look we're relatively stable there's only one team that goes down this year so it's very unlikely that we'll get relegated because thankfully there's a, a few really poor teams in this league and we're not that bad now's the time to bring someone in right you've got the rest of this season to start imposing your identity on the team you've got January transfer window you can make a couple of changes not many because we made about 4,000 in the summer hmm. um now is the time. Surely, it's the best time to do it. You know, we're we're not going to go down. We know we're not going to go down. Famous last words, I know, but we we won't go. We won't get relegated. <laughs> we're not going to go up. I think at the moment we're not going to go up with this manager in charge. There's nothing exciting. The the, the crowds are going to dwindle slowly but surely. All you got to do is look on Twitter. I don't know. Twitter's a, a can be a bit of a, a goldfish bowl. Um, but if you look on it, 
you know, everyone, not everyone, that's unfair, but the large percentage of people are saying similar stuff in terms of, like, I just can't be bothered to go anymore at the minute and I'm not that fussed, etc. And at the moment, you know, crowds are held relatively okay, but they will start dropping as it gets into the winter months and this mundane football and playing McWilliams at left back and lobbing for Dane Oliver at front on his own and all this sort of thing, you know, it, it takes its toll on people. So surely now is the time to, to go out while it while we're safe and while you know nothing else is really going to happen this season at the moment go out and find that manager that we're we're, we're pinning our mast to like this guy's got a philosophy a way of playing this guy you know he's going to get the culture right in the football club keith curl's done as a job he's he's you know he's 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 overhauled the squad uh, he's got rid of some high earners and some people with big opinions and stuff and he's got a lot of yes men in his team now and he's got a couple of characters as well so you, you thank him for that but actually he's not going to take us any further he's not the man to take us to the next step he, he's the man just for a mid-table league two team if our chairman is happy with that so be it i'm not happy with that as a fan i'm not happy to continue going to watch this sort of crap i want to see someone in charge of the football club that plays good attacking football, someone that isn't afraid of all the other teams and someone that is going to create some excitement around the ground and create some excitement around the football club. And there's loads of people out there that you could do it. You just got to look. I mean, John Brady, for example, I know we've discussed him on WhatsApp and stuff, but look what he's doing with the youth team. I don't know what his situation is. I don't know the ins and outs of him and stuff, but on the face of it, there's a guy that can play attacking football. Danny, help me out here. Is there a reason, an argument for Keith Curl to stay? No, not really. Um, I think Kevin Thomas has got a massive decision to make now. And I think his, with him being so <clears throat> departed from it, like you were saying earlier, I think what he's got to decide now is where his own ambitions are for the club. Um, does he want to just tread water? Because as Neil said, you know, we're not going down. One team goes down this season, probably won't be us, unlikely. Um, or does he want to kick on? And does he, does he want to move on to the next level? And I'm not one for calling for managers' heads. And I'm, I've said before, I've been one of the most patient people around managers and I completely get the idea that a lot of intelligent people and you, Charles, <laughs> um, have been saying, have been arguing, <laughs> have been arguing very wisely um, for, for keeping the manager. But I just don't see where we're going or what the point is to keeping him, if that makes sense. There's just, there's no sign that we're going to progress. There's no sign that that there's going to be anything beyond the end of the season and I think what what Keith has done is stabilised this he's done his big Sam job if you want to call it that and he's kept us up but oftentimes you see with this type of manager that the following season he just they just can't seem to get it right when he, then they need to take the teams to the next level and I just don't think he's got the right the right balance of it all his, his signings have been functional They've not really been game changers. We thought Nicky Adams might be, but you know, none of the signers have been proper game changers. And he's constantly turning his back on, <coughs> turning his back, but constantly just kind of turning on any bad performance that the players have and turning it back on them. It is the and players that are, that are putting those bad performances in, though. Is it? it well, is, yes, it is, Neil. It is. Keith Kell's not on the pitch. <laughs> no, but he. It's how they're. 
it's how they're being put yeah. onto the pitch, though, isn't it? That, that's my argument as well. Yeah, it's how they're it's how they're sent over the line. And I know you can't do it okay. much once you get over that line, but it's how you get. It's the mentality. That and you're not really, if, it, if it is the players, sorry, if it is the players, it's his job to manage the players. It's his job to motivate the players. If the players are playing, are performing badly, they're either bad players, which is he's bought them, so that's that's on him, or they're not motivated, or they don't know their jobs properly. They're not entirely sure what their instructions are. Uh, or they're massively out of form, in which case, again, that's his job to spot and then to, to give them a break out of the team and replace them with someone to get their confidence back. Uh, you can argue and you can blame it on the players. And, and ultimately, yeah, the players have some responsibility. Of course they do. But if you're not bought into the manager's ethos and you're not bought into what the manager's doing mm. and what the manager's telling you to do or the manager's style of play, you're not going to perform that well. Mm. That's a big point about buying into it as well, because it's... Uh... I've genuinely not heard many of the players come out and said they're enjoying it. Or Who you know, would usually be? in this situation, you get, you get players coming out saying, "Oh, you know, give it time, give it, give it this, give it that." You know, I'm really enjoying um, Curl's methods. They will come good in the end. I've not once heard anybody come out and say that, and that's concerning to me. Okay, well, at what point then do now, we... Charles? Right no, now, get, get, get Kelvin on, on the phone. That's not the. <laughs> that is not the question, Kelvin. Oh. At what point do we stop, you know, changing managers every eight months or whatever it is, or every 12 months? At what point do we actually stop and say, right, do you know what? We just can't do it anymore. That has That's a decision that has to come from from the chairman and the board of the football club. They have... Then what happens if they've done that already? And they've, they've made the wrong decision because they, they've, they've, they're sticking with a man who has no... And I'll say they're sticking with the man. I don't know what they're thinking. I, and uh, Nobody knows what they're thinking. Maybe they're as equally as frustrated as we are. Maybe they're not. Maybe they don't see it as a problem. Who knows? But they're not sticking. Keith Curl doesn't have... He doesn't have a philosophy. He doesn't have a, a... He's not given the team an identity. He's not given the football club an identity. In my... He has. He's just not very well, positive. Well, yeah, it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do that, can't you? You can, you can have a... Not a negative, but a defensive and a... Kind of, we're gonna win solid, yeah, yeah, yeah. mentality. We've got nothing. A, col- a Calderwood, a Calderwood. Is that what you yeah, mean, Danny? But, yeah, and you can still be entertaining and win games. An Atkins type, you, you can still play the right way and play, you know, play however you want to play and put men behind the ball and stuff. And it's it can still be entertaining, but this just isn't because it's just a hash patch of absolutely a hash patch. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Fine. So, uh, to go back to the question, then, at what point to do you decide enough is enough and we can't keep rotating managers? I think now. I think now is the time to. That's what I was saying. I think now is the time to do it. Keith Cole did us a, did us a job last season. He, he kept us in the football league. We, we were when when Dean Austin left. We were in dire straits, weren't we? And we were we were struggling. Mm-hmm. And he, he kept us up. Do you think? Do you think we would have gone down if we'd have kept Dean Austin? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 so actually, what I would like now is actually if Dean Austin was to take over now, if that makes sense, he almost took over at the wrong time because we weren't stable at that point and we weren't in a stable position. We're in a stable position as a football club at the moment. Yes, it's boring as hell. There's nothing exciting about it, but we're stable in respect for somebody to come in at the moment to, to change the style we play and to look at a, a different, you know, this is the way we're going to play throughout from the youth team forward, from even from, you know, under tens or whatever the youngest age group we've got mm. up to the first team. This is and this is the football style we're going to play. This is our our approach. This is what we're going to be known for. This is the time to do that. We, we're not. We don't have that. We've not had that for a while, and I don't know why we wouldn't want to do that as as a 
progressive club and as a club that has got aspirations to to make it to League One. Otherwise, ultimately, we're just going to keep going around in absolute cycles, aren't we? And we're going to we might strike it lucky with a manager, but eventually they'll start struggling again. We'll sack them, and then we'll get someone else. Okay, so do we then? It, so because the thing I'm trying to get to the bottom here of here is actually the words expectations, because we sacked Dean Dean Austin last year, and we were what twentieth, I think, uh, maybe maybe lower than that actually, maybe twenty second or something. We won a game, had we? We'd, we had we won, won, won one, hadn't we? We'd beaten uh, Colchester away from home, definitely. Oh, yeah. And we'd beaten Forest Green as well, hadn't we? That was under... Was that not under Dean Austin? Kevin Van Veen's last-minute cross for Could Andy Williams? Um, the thing that I want to sort of look at here is, or, or try and work out is that if we hadn't have gone down or, you know, were we really that bad when we got rid of Dean Austin or was it the expectation of the fan base? that actually, you know, kind of forced the sacking of Dean Austin. The fact that we weren't winning games. Yes, people were actually quite happy with the way that we were playing in terms of the attractiveness of the football, certainly when you compare it to what's happening now. But, you know, if we'd have stayed up... That's what I mean. I think it was the wrong time. But we were. But you were one of the people last year that was saying he had to go. No, I know. And I think he should have gone at the time. But I think it was the wrong time when he took over in that summer. I don't think he should have taken over at that point. I think there's something to be said about managing the expectations a little bit because Newman comes in now and does everything that Neil just said. I wouldn't be worried or upset at all if the club then said, look, this is this is the start of something. Um, give us time. Exactly. We're gonna yeah. Not gonna, it's going to take a while. what this guy's methods are and he's here for the next two and a half, three years. Give this time to happen. Just enjoy coming down to Sixfields. We're going to create an atmosphere again to make you come down and enjoy watching football again. And that's basically all I want. For you know, great if we have a promotion, but at, at the moment, it's just not. You don't look forward to it. Do, and do that, you know though, Danny? If, as, as as great as that sounds, as brilliant as that sounds, I don't think our fan base, if we lost five games in a row, they'd be calling for the manager regardless of, of being told this is going to be a journey, three years, you know, we're going to play nice, attractive football, you're going to be entertained. We lost three games in a row, you know, even three games to five games, whatever it was I said before. We lost that amount of games in a row. Then there would be a vocal, it might be a minority, but there'd be a large vocal minority going on on social media, on forums, um, sending us tweets, sending us emails, whatever, texting Radio Northampton after the defeat, saying it's all the manager's fault and he should get out. Yeah. But then but then there's the other side of it that the manager has to be someone who then comes out and says, Yeah, I know. I know that we're that the ideas aren't going through yet. I know that we're not playing well and my ideas aren't going through yet. And honesty and openness about didn't it. Didn't Keith do that last saying, season? Do what didn't Keith Kell do that last season pretty much by turning around and saying, Look, you know, we're not good enough. We I haven't got my players and Well, but that was his but that was a bit of a crutch that season, wasn't that it? That was his Yeah, that was his free hit last season, wasn't it? This season it's his players. He yeah. he doesn't yeah, have that excuse, does he? So it's the thing the thing is, and the thing that's kind of exasperating for me here is that we're having this this conversation the same way that you know people have it on Twitter 
um, after a defeat. You've got some people turning around and saying, you know, trying to be the rational person, so me in this case, and then you've got the people that are just like steadfast, no, 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 it's wrong. You know, they've got, you know, he's got to go. Leave means leave and all that sort of crap. Um, I I couldn't help myself, I'm sorry. Um, But basically, I feel like... The arguments that you're posing, while whilst you know, I can I can definitely see where you're coming from. I feel like I turn around and give you a, a fairly you know solid thing, like I've just done there and said, well, Keith Curl was doing that last season and saying he didn't have the players, you know, and they weren't he was his methods weren't getting through to the players or whatever. And now, a few months later, we're still in the same position. Now. We, you two, are saying that it's time for him to leave. That would just simply happen again with the next manager, regardless of whether the club came out and said, we're going to go on this journey, it's going to take this long, but this manager is here for three years or whatever it is. I I disagree. On that basis, you'd never sack anyone, Charles. You'd be stuck with the same manager for the rest of the football club's history. But but the argument that was made by Danny beforehand was, was to say, let's do that. And that's how it should be. All I'm saying is that it would never work. You never could do it because of the fact that we'll do this and and then the argument comes out of where you'd never suck anyone then. No, I, I and, disagree. At the end of the day, it's just, you know, you cannot please everybody all of the time. You're never going to do that. And whether or not Keith Curl is the right man for the club at this point He's not. or not, isn't what I'm trying to argue. What I'm trying to argue is we have had a ridiculous amount of managers in the last three, four years. When do you stop? When? When you get someone. So look at those managers we've had in the last four years mm-hmm. since since Chris Wilder. <clears throat> Who have we had? I can't remember them all. Rob Page? <laughs> First off was Rob Page, then it was Justin Edinburgh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, followed by Dean Austin and now Keith Curl. So Rob Page... Did he have a did he have an ethos and a style of play? Do, do you know what? It feels like it was such a long time ago. I just can't remember. We've had probably, so many managers. Probably a no then. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the thing is for me, and this is where I think the apathy comes from, is we've had so many managers that everyone's beyond caring now. But that this is my problem, Charles. And I agree, by the way. I, and, I, and I think we have had too many managers and I think it's been a little bit ridiculous. Um, what you get, though, is, is exactly your argument is, well, how many more do we sack? And at some point, we've got to stick with someone. You've got to stick with the right person. You, you don't stick with the person who ultimately has not improved us at all. You've you got to... And that's what I mean. You've got to... If you're happy and confident that... Uh, and, and if if the the board of the football club and if you know those that make the decisions, if they're happy and confident that Keith Curl is absolutely the right man and they're going to stick their mast to that, so be it. That's their choice. I disagree with his style of football. I don't particularly like the direction it's going and stuff. But if that's what they're saying, fair enough. Then in theory, that's what they should do. They should come out and, and say that really and say, look, Keith Curl's our manager. We're sticking with him for the next. You know, he's got a renewed contract. We see him as the man to take us forward. At the moment, we're in that zone we know he's out of contract in the summer we know he's doing a crap job at the minute you've got to i get absolutely get the argument that you can't just keep sacking people it doesn't help the stability of the club and all that sort of nonsense but you have to stick with the right person you can't stick with someone just for the sake of we've got to stick with someone because that's not going to work either that's just uh, that's that's destined for failure isn't it 
I actually don't want to really use this argument. I don't. I, I, I didn't want to use it, um, but I'm, I'm going to for for the sake of the fact that it's just come. I I, I think it's basically my backstop, if you like. Maybe um, those red lines, Charles. The the fear that I have and the worry that I have is that how many managers is it going to take to get through before we do find that one? And will we still be in business by the time we've paid them all off in order to find them? Or will we be the next Berry? You know, uh, that's I think, yeah, I think I don't see that. I don't, I don't know how it works. And I guess obviously you have to pay people off and you have to pay number twos and coaching staff and all that sort of thing. Um, you have to pay number twos and use the stage. <laughs> you do 30p sure. a pop, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. And ultimately, but then, then surely there's that balancing act of, you know, bottom, bottom five, bottom six of League Two. Crowds are going to start dwindling, not going to be getting as much money through the door, et cetera, et cetera. So surely there's an argument that we'll, there's that risk if you stay with the, the wrong man. Yeah, of course there is. Um, and, and and football is obviously a very, very, very different business to anything else. Um, that's that's not an argument. That's that's just, I think my that's, that's my opinion and a lot of people's opinion, I think. Um, it's not a normal business. You're right, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, yeah. I mean, if we, if we go back to the actual football for for a moment, and and I, not the game, Danny, but but the apathy at the moment, Danny, that we're we're sort of seeing on social media since since Saturday's result, where where I've seen quite a few fans turn around and say, Do you know, I just can't be bothered anymore. Um, I've seen a few that were real diehards a few years back. Yeah, these are proper fans that are saying. Yeah, you well, know, you could argue they're not proper fans if that's how they're feeling, I guess. But yeah, but the thing is, is that they're they're actually turning around and going, "Do you know what? I just, I, I'm not bothered if I miss a match." Yeah, I've said the same thing. But do, do you really mean it? I mean, because I, I think me and me and you, Danny, are, are slightly different in the fact that obviously, yes, you're in Northampton now, but you spent a lot of time, a lot of years out out of Northampton mm-hmm. after, well, at uni and afterwards. Um, I've obviously been away from Northampton for way over fifteen years now. Um, missing a match for me is kind of the norm. Lucky you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, the same thing but- was was for you for a number of years. Um, I kind of think, mm-hmm. well, if I move back to Northampton tomorrow, then I'd be ringing the club and saying, right, how much is a season ticket for the rest of the games? Um, I'm back and I'm going to go to every game. And I'd be excited to do so, yeah. even yeah. though, you know, we're not playing well at the moment. Yeah, no, it's exactly that. And when I was away from home, you, felt you, you come home and you go to a match, it feels like a privilege and it feels like you have a much different view on things um, to how you were if you're, if you're here all the time and going to every match. And, and you do feel, you know, as a season ticket holder, it is quite a big, big thing, it's a big expense and something that I real that I do feel like it's, it's, it's a good thing to have. But I, I just come away from last week against Orient, just like I said last week, just not bothered if we equalise or not. And, and that's me who's put put years and years into travelling up and down the country watching the cobblers and just I do feel that apathy and 
I genuinely feel like, and I will go on Saturday, but it's not filling me with the same excitement as it would do a few years ago. Um, and it's not to say that it couldn't again. It's just at the moment, it's not filling me with that hype of it's Saturday, let's get down there, let's get down there early, have a drink and and sort of really enjoy the day of it. It's, it's I don't want to go. Minute. Why not? Go. Why not, Neil? Why don't you well, want to go? <laughs> I, I drive. I so when I drive to and from work, I drive the, the relief road behind Sixfield. So I see the the board that says who we've got next. And on the way back tonight, I noticed obviously we've got Salford on Saturday, and then we're at home again the week after. And I literally, I was like, oh god, <laughs> literally how I felt. I was like, oh no, I'm gonna have to go. I don't know. Same as Danny. Like, I'll be honest, it's it's a chore. It it's not enjoyable at the moment. It's it's. There's nothing exciting about, like Danny said, gone are the days where you'd think, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to getting up to the football and being able to forget life's woes and troubles and stuff because they stay with you when you're there at the moment because there's nothing to really take your mind off the get off off your off your own troubles. <laughs> I, I think we've talked about this a little bit before about the difference between home and away games, but I, I always look forward to going to an away game more than I do a home game because of the fact that. All the fans are more together. You know, you go to the pub before the match, go and do, you know, whatever. Have your, have your chippy on the street before the uh, before getting... Well, we all know what you did before... before <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. 27 Jager <laughs> <Yeah. Yager> bombs. <laughs> Followed yeah. that one closely, didn't we? But you, you go out and you have fun. <laughs> you make a day of it, don't you? Whereas, you know, we've said this before, when it's a home game, that's not necessarily the same. You tend to just go out and go to the match. So maybe there's a responsibility on us as fans to to go there with the intention to enjoy ourselves more. And I'm not suggesting that. I'm not saying that every fan should just go and get pissed. But <laughs> going, look for that. you know, go to the football, enjoy it. I mean, if you go to an away game, Neil, do you take your kids? Yeah. Uh, depends where it is. Okay, let's go with um, Portsmouth away last game of the season in 2016. Did you take your kids? No, I did not. I went down with a, a few mates and stayed over the night before and experienced the nightlife of Portsmouth. Dag saw a fight okay. in a bar. Dagenham, Dagenham away the day <laughs> Ivan Tony scored his overhead kick. Take the kids? No, nope. with about 50 people on the train getting smashed. Okay. Um, Peterborough away any year. <laughs> no, they've not, they've not had their inoculation, right. so they're not allowed. So, you know... Th- the point is that the right word. Immunisation. Yeah. Immunisation. What's an inoculation? I made inoculation. Word, I think that's the same. You know, don't worry. I think that's is it. Yeah, I think so. Um, oh, good. Last time you took your kids to Sixfields. Uh, last time we were at home. Right. So, and, and this is horrible to your kids, but leave you, no. leave you, leave you, leave you, leave, you, leave, you, leave your kids at home and kid go with the lads. Time. Go and enjoy no. yourself. But I still enjoy myself. I, oh, I, you don't, it, not with your kids. Chop life. No, <laughs> no, I do. It's a different type of experience, isn't yeah. it? I'm with my kids and I'm I'm getting them as, as and they are now all fans of Cobblers, bless them, unfortunately. And, and they've already said, oh, get Thanks, them taken out of me at school. For, <laughs> yeah, get them taken out of me at school for sporting Cobblers. And my lad plays for, for Bugbrook now and he... he he says he's the only one ever at training in a cobbler's top. And I'm like, you should be proud of that. And he's like, I am proud of it, dad, but we are crap. And I'm like, I know we're crap, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's, so it's a different kind of experience and it's a different kind of enjoyment. And actually I, a lot of the times when I go to away games now, I will drive and I won't drink just because I'll, 
got that bit older and I've got responsibility. <laughs> say because you're so, old, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 different and times do change, but I don't think that's an argument for because because actually the the away games when you go to an away game, if anything, the football kind of gets in the way a little bit a lot of the time because you're having a great time pre-game if you've got the train on the train having a few drinks and then when you get to the pub having a few drinks and stuff and having a bit of a sing song and stuff then you go along and watch us lose 3-0 to scunthorpe and you're like well that, that's ridiculous that's crap that's rubbish that's ruined the day isn't it and then you're back on back to the pub for a few beers and you forget about the game really and so you, you actually what you enjoy you're not enjoying the football you're not having a good day out at the football you're having a good day out despite of the football and that's where we're at at the moment so what would you do right now? Forget about sacking the manager, but if you were the manager, what would you do to change it? I'd quit. I'm Alan Neil and it's all cobblers to me. So no no post bag this week because um we've we've basically said everything that you guys sent to us. We've basically said everything that We've yeah, ranted for too we've ranted long. for far too Sorry. long. And yeah, we've said everything mm. that, that you, <laughs> you sent in to us. So there's not really any more to add. The post bag's broken. The post bag is too full. Yeah, it's too full. The post bag's broken under the weight. <laughs> bulging bag. Yeah, bulging too much. So let's move on. We'll, we'll have a look towards this Saturday then. We've got Salford at home. Um, yeah, Salford at home. Uh, unfortunately, there's no fan this week from Salford, mainly because they don't have any. Um, and Gary Neville wasn't available. So um, we're just going to go straight to Neil to find out about the city of Salford. Neil. Oh, I take, I've got some corkers. Absolute, absolute some corkers. Salford, Salford, who famously play in Ashton under line, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> boom. <laughs> what's your opinion? What's your opinion on Salford? Oh, disgust, disgusting place, isn't it? Even they've tried to they've tried to make it nicer with the keys, haven't they? Have you been to the Salford keys? It's, yeah, I have. It's quite yeah. nice, but it doesn't fit the doesn't fit the doesn't fit the it's rhetoric. Fit the narrative. It's just a pair of. Just a giant pair of keys. Literally, yeah. It's just literally a massive pair of keys, Danny, that you get to play hide and seek in. You're not actually that far from being wrong. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Danny, you're going to love the first fact about Salford. Oh, go on. You ready for this? Are you sat down? I'm, I'm bracing myself. You should brace. Jefferson with Lake style. Jeff Haywood. Uh, Are you ready? I'm ready. The birth of vegetarianism, and I've said it wrong, vegetarianism. <laughs> Vegetarianism. vegetarianism. I'll go again. Yeah. The birth of vegetarianism was in Salford. Was it? How did that happen? Well, I'll tell you that. More than 200 years ago, Danny, mm-hmm. you'll like this guy's name. The Reverend William Cowherd, <laughs> no joke, <laughs> preached the virtues of a vegetarian diet at a chapel in Salford. His followers... So it sounds like it was a bit of a cult. His followers then went on to form the Vegetarian Society. Wow. Oh, that is brilliant. That's, a, fact. that's a hell of a fact. Better than bloody circles, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Circles, circles was great. Highlight of the bit. Yeah, I that caused a stir <laughs> on Twitter. It did, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got another one. Guy Fawkes. You know Guy Fawkes? Uh, I, I do. Remember him well. Oh, yeah. uh, so his infamous plot to blow up the Houses of Parliament was planned in Salford's Audsall Hall. Really? Mm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, famously, the BBC re- relocated to Salford Keys in 2006. They did. I remember that. I was there. Uh, good news for lovers of nature. Half half David of Salford is... David, the David Attenboroughs of the podcast. I've got a friend, uh, Robert Charter, his name is. <laughs> I thought you were just going to stop that. <laughs> 
No, <laughs> surprisingly, I've got I've got that's, more than that's, one. That's my fact. I've got a fact. It's, it's unlikely. Robert Charter, he's a big a big nature fan, so he'll love this fact. Half of Salford is made up of forests, nature reserves, mosslands, parklands, and quaint villages. Mm. And he, 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 I tell you what, he, him and his family, like, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I used to go to away, game, away games with them relatively regularly or, or meet them at away games. And you mm. could guarantee wherever it was we'd gone to, wherever we were going, they'd find a key or a marina. Even if it was a, a, a landlocked place, where are you? Oh, we're at the marina. Oh, hold on a minute. We're in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Good uh, oh, another one for big book fans. So Salford claims to be the home of the first free public library. Oh, wow. Which is good. Maybe they should hold the giant book festival. Do you know, consider it, considering I'm like 10 minutes away from Salford, I'm quite enjoying these. I'm learning. Yeah, you should, you know, you, you should probably investigate it a little bit more. Probably should, you know, only, only work there half my week, but yeah. <laughs> Do you know what the population of Salford is? Uh, 98,000. 215. Ooh, 1,000. Yeah. So yeah, 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 not just two. Yeah. <laughs> 215,000, of which 3.3% uh, are Jewish. You'll be... I think I'd say, of which 80% are vegetarians. <laughs> uh, that's it, really, on, on Salford. Do you, want some, do you want some famous Salfordians? Absolutely. Definitely do. Uh, it's John Cooper Clark, punk poet. He was from Salford. Um, Peter Hook. Oh, of Doctor Hook fame. Captain's brother. <laughs> that's the one. Um, Emmeline Pankhurst, she lived in Salford for a bit. I don't know if she was born there, but she Ooh, definitely that's lived quite there. quite a good show, isn't it? Def- definitely did. Statue of her in Manchester City Centre, yeah. Um, who else? Uh, English former snooker player, Mick Price, was born in the area. Former what player? <laughs> Snooker. 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 Former English Pat Kanuka player. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so went a bit loopy there. Um, who else was from Salford? By the way, who was that snooker player? What's uh, his Mick name? Price. Mick, oh, Mick Price. Mm. Old Mickey no, P. Never heard of him. No. Um, Alistair Cook as well. Alistair uh, Cook, ex-England captain, cricket captain. No, the other one. What other one? <laughs> the other one. Anyway, oh, that's right. notable. That's the famous people from Salford. Hello, I'm the voice of Gaviscon, Max Rushton, and it's all cobblers to me. They've just beaten both Walsall away, 3-0, a good result for them. And they've also beaten Cambridge at home most recently, 1-0 at home. Um, They're 14th. They've got 17 points, which is uh, the same amount of points that everybody up till 11th has got, I think. Um, Two points above us. Um, So I take it we're all going for a loss, boys. Uh, Most likely. Um, I'm just having a little scroll through their squad. Right. Um, Any anyone of interest? Goalkeeper, maybe Jake Jervis. Jake Jervis, have Jake, they got Jake Jervis? Yeah, nice lad's beard there. Nice, oh, nice yeah, good beard. Solid hair. Beard, yeah. They've got yeah. uh, Adam Rooney up front. Is is he related to Wayne or not? Uh, that's not something I can answer for you, Charles, without clicking on his name on Wikipedia. Uh, I would imagine not because he's an Irish footballer. Okay, fair enough. 
No, his sibling is Mark Rooney. Always wanted to know and never actually wanted to know enough to look it up. Thanks, Neil. Now you know. Now you know. They've got, <laughs> You've got Colleen on the case, haven't you? Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've got Danny Lloyd, midfielder from Ex-Scum. They've got Oscar Threlkeld, ex-Plymouth. They've got oh, what a Jack, name. Jack Baldwin. He's a good player, isn't he? Centre-back. Yeah, he's Ex-Sunderland. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can't pronounce that guy's name, but he looks... <laughs> Have a go. He looks like he'd be uh, Okay. Emmanuel Diasarovary. Emmanuel Diasarovary. All right. <laughs> Do you want his full yes, name? Yes, please. Emmanuel Aghogogo Olafowemni Diasarovary. <laughs> And he looks like a bit of a player. Isn't he? He, he, yeah, he scored three and twelve this season. Oh, wow, so uh, more prolific than Harry Smith. Not hard. So, Colin, then let's do predictions. Then, uh, first of all, I would like to know your uh, your result. So, uh, what's the score going to be? Then, I want to know any goal scorers for the Cobblers. And then, finally, will uh, Gary Neville, Paul Scholes, and all of that rowdy lot be in attendance at Sixfields? Starting with you, Danny. Um, I'm going West. Am I going <laughs> Colin West? Three one, two. Salford. Right, good. Uh, who's going to score our goal? Our goal is going to be scored by uh, Sam Hoskins. Right. Um, who else is going to score for so Salford? Jake Jervis is going to get two, and Josh Askew. Oh, okay. So I was waiting for the bless you. Um, he's going to score the third. Lovely. And uh, as for the Nevilles and everyone? No, no, they're not going to turn up here, are they? I mean, Phil might do a bit of whispering commentary, but apart from that. Uh, I'm going for a 2-0 um, reverse. And Oh, a reverse? Yeah. and uh, Flip reverse. Is that us back on track, Charles? No, no, that's certainly not, no. 2-0 uh, loss. Adam Rooney with both. Rooney, and, Rooney. And I think Ryan Giggs will turn up to... Uh, Sleep with the women, allegedly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Neil, you're... 5-0 uh... <laughs> uh, Salford. Okay. Any own goals in there for the Cobblers? Uh, five. <laughs> right, good. <laughs> Good, good. Just so happens, Charles, this is amazing that this keeps happening. Mm. I've just got a text from Chessie with her prediction on. Have you really? Yeah. Go on then. Um, What's she gone It's for? amazing how she just, she's gone 9-0 to Salford. 9-0. Bold. 9-0. Probably the most realistic of all of them, to be honest. Right, brilliant. Thank you very much, boys. That was a, that was a nice podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Um, that's Positive one this week. Very positive. We'll be back next week, hopefully with a more positive result to chat about. Keep your thoughts coming into us on social media at, at cobblers to me and via our email address, it's all cobblers at gmail.com. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye, Keith. Get out, Keith. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. 
By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.